Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DJ Sessions Presents the Virtual Sessions. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studios with a guest that we had on earlier this year, Katie Chinakis. Katie, how's it going today? Excellent. Great to be here with you, Darren. Thank you so much for having me back. How are you? I'm doing great. Just had to flip on another light in the studio over here. You know how live shows go. Anything goes. And, um, you know, you're looking great today. And thank you so much for coming back on the series. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm in California. I'm so happy to be here. And um, yeah, I just love Venice Beach. It's amazing. So how are you doing? I'm great. I mean, since we last talked, uh, I know we were doing a little pre-show stuff, but we have uh, ramped up our our outreach by 800%. Interviews are going great. We're getting ready to go to Amsterdam for the first time. And this Yay. weekend we fly to go to Gold Rush in Arizona, a three-day festival down there. And already being asked to do plans for New Year's Eve in Arizona as well. And looks like I might be making a pit stop in Vegas. Looks like we might be in Vegas together. Vegas next week as well. I mean, just so much awesome stuff is happening. I feel that, you know, stuff is really starting to to kind of come back to to what I would call normal in the the States, you know, and uh, it's just been, it's just been an awesome wave and a ride doing what we're doing. But I know you, we're not here to talk about the DJ sessions. We're here to talk about Katie and what she's been up to. And I know you are, the one that is like, I've never seen somebody so passionate about NFTs, blockchain, Web3 as you are and all the involvement that you do in that community. Can you give us a little insight on what your latest NFT projects are, are and what you've been up to? Yeah. First, I would just like to say thank you so much for having me back and just to be a part of like the collective of DJs. You know, it's like growing up, like admiring DJs, having the best DJs from around the world come and then you know, seeing what you've built and the people you have on your show and just like being a DJ and the culture and the vibe of sound and healing and music and the possibilities of art and entertainment and, you know, through storytelling and movies. So just thank you so much to the whole crew for, you know, DJ Shastons for having me on. I'm, I'm so grateful to be here and uh, I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah. And, and again, those NFT projects that you've been working on, what have you been up to in the last six months? It's been six months. Yeah. Since we last yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, there's so much to tell you. Well, first and foremost, Searchlight NFTs, they're amazing. Love them. They're doing uh, an exhibition. Our art balls are coming up in December. And there's this theme of like science and technology, you know, through sound and, and things of that nature. So I'm actually submitting a couple pieces of um, um, hypnotic energy in full house. And they're encoded with uh, healing frequencies, sophageal healing frequencies from a scientist that I work with uh, at Subtle Energy Sciences. So Instagram at subtle underscore energy. And Eric Thompson's a scientist and he encoded healing frequencies in the music. So I'm going to be minting those as NFTs uh, this week, which is very exciting. And um, for the exhibition that's going to be happening at Art Basel. So that's like on the music front. I made those in Ableton. And um, those are some new music NFTs I'll be sharing with the uh, blockchain community shortly here. And, you know, you're also launching a new pilot project. I, I think you mentioned pilot was the word in there. And, and uh, it, it's you're acting and producing in this with, with a producer. Tell us about that project and how that's going to work in the blockchain as well. Sure, sure. So I'm an actor. I'm so grateful to be acting and 
now that I've, you know, done everything this year that I could do, I'm just like, okay, what's, what am I going to do for the fourth quarter? And I'm like, okay, so I have a, a new show um, coming out that maybe we could talk about, but um, how can I take blockchain community uh, technology and with web two? So as an actor, um, in the film sector of the ecosystem, I'm going, I'm producing and acting in uh, a pilot. So it could be turned into a movie or it could be into a, a series and I'm going, to, it's going to be two to five minutes. I'm going to mint it on the blockchain. Um, Braden Russell is uh, my director. He's amazing. Um, and we're working with my friend Gregory Sipes, who's an amazing um, artist and uh, he has NFT the network so we're going to be putting on the network but what i'm going to do is i'm going to shoot um and we're going to have nft music nft fashion nft artists um and it's going to be comedy and it's going to go on the blockchain and hopefully we're going to be premiering it at our basel this year um and then i'm going to put it in all the international film festivals in the nft category and be one of the very first you know for the nft category um, in web too. So then, you know, Netflix and network series directors, producers um, in the web too can see the alpha of, uh, you know, the comedy and the artists and what's happening um, with film and TV and in web three. So um, that's what I'm doing for that's my focus for uh, the rest of the year. Could could somebody do you see the industry? Again, I'm so newbie to this. It's probably it may already exist. It might be out there. Could you see blockchain funding for movie projects, like like raising millions of dollars or having people own kind of a – I don't know how it exactly worked, but like owning a piece of the movie through an NFT, kind of like – if I looked at like your own piece of stock in a company, could somebody make a movie and, and, and do that and release NFTs as part ownership? And as that movie sells, they would get – you know, or moves or gets downloaded and – Every time it's downloaded, they get a percentage of that movie, that bit. Like if somebody downloaded for three ninety nine, they would get like however much of what was a percentage. Of, I don't know. Is that something that's on the horizon? I mean, you seem like you'd be the person to know, yeah, the person so, to talk about <laughs> to talk about that with. Yeah. So everything you just said is a yes and. It's the wild, wild west. So yes, yes, yes. It's 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 all being formulated. It's happening. People are already doing it. Uh, Julie Pacino, she's the very first person to raise. Uh, funds fully for um, uh, her project. So it, it's already happened. She was the very first person to do it. Um, and there are projects who um, they have NFTs and th they're building community and there's different tiers and, the, um, you know, they even have, you know, like, um, like um, Candida, they have, they were talking about like, um, um, NFT NYC at the Jordan Bain did the film Titans, you know, with Leo and DCP decentralized pictures. And they were talking about like, you know, popcorn. And, um, I was on the phone with some friends and they're like, Oh yeah, I'll send you some popcorn, you know, so you can like give passes to your friends. Um, I have my own movie theater in the metaverse that's being built right now, um, from near protocol, which is amazing, um, with near hub there. So I'm going to have my own movie theater, which is going to stream, um, all of my projects, all of my film and TV projects in the movie theater. And I have a generative project with my friend, um, TN, who's an amazing art director for star Wars and, uh, the matrix 
he was a part of the Mandalorian NFT. Um, and we have a project called Gems with a Z. And I have infinity passes for my friends. And it's going to give them uh, infinity access to go to the movie theaters. And then we're going to curate monthly for different projects to be able to showcase and have their projects in the movie theater. So that's really, really neat. Um, and then I released, since I spoke with you last, the very first actor headshot on the blockchain. So I see in the very near future, like right now when a casting director or production studios are look, looking for an actor, it's like crazy of how they're submitting talent. But if everything's in a database on the blockchain community and everything's like organized in a system of looking for directors and producers, everything could be more ethical and organized, you know, with with um, the stats of what people are looking for, for projects, instead of like scouring the universe to try to find this amazing talent, right? Um, so I think in when you see the movie credits and TV credits, it takes a village, right? So my theology is first actor headshot on the blockchain. So when I have, you know, a project, you could put all the actors, and then you can put the, the sound, the lighting, the music, the tech, the crew, the producers, and you can see who are a part of the project. And then people can choose to kind of like a fractionalized Bitcoin. You can shoot whatever cryptocurrency it's on. You can choose to support the actor or the, the DP, or I like the cinematographer, right? And you can choose to support the artist and, and, and purchase that NFT to support the project and be a healthy communicator and, and, and share it on socials and stuff. So yes, 1000%, I, I, see, I see everything you said and more, yeah. Well, I need to either talk offline with you about this or I'm going to give somebody a multi-billion dollar idea right now. Why couldn't that be done with DJs and producers? Yeah, I mean, people, the, the music um, sector of the ecosystem. I can introduce you to so many people in, in music and what they're doing. Also on my website, chinakas.com, I have an automation set up. I don't know if you're on my email list, but when people go to chinakas.com, I have an automation that sends... Um, people I respect and admire of being in the space since 2018. And I have a whole music section on there of music uh, people you can follow and get into the rabbit hole of who they are and what they're doing and befriend them and get involved and, and build together. Yeah. We'll love to do it. Make it happen. Yes. I, I, I did get access to that information six months ago. I got so wrapped up in everything I was doing though with, with the ramp up of what we've been building this year. Yeah, I feel so bad. I, I feel left out in this game. It feels like six months has been almost like two years. You know, I'm sure there's just so much data and information. Yeah. It is like the wild, wild west and the frontier is out there and it's just getting started in that sense mm. of things. And, um, you know, it's awesome, you know, that you're so dived into this. You know, I was asked recently to be part of an event next year in the UK called Decentralize. Um, and it's a, it's a big artist event. I can't give away some of the details that they were telling me, but they're looking at having some big name artists. It's web three players only. Um, and it's at this beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, what's, what's the term they use out there? Um, estate, estate. It's this beautiful estate and they got a second estate where they have everyone stay at and they're like flying helicopters back and forth to get you back and forth between both estates. The guy who's putting it on, who's kind of one of the head honchos of it is in touch with, uh, he th owns his own festivals. I mean, multi, multi-million dollar big festivals around the world. So he's dialing everyone in, getting everyone on board. And, and yeah. we're super excited to have been on the preliminary conversations about that and getting involved with that as well. So, um, yeah, lots moving in that space, and it's so awesome to hear that you're doing doing great there. And you also, outside of DJing, I mean, actor, you do so much other stuff other than just 
DJing and acting and NFT stuff. You you have a radio show. You have a couple radio shows, podcasts, podcasts, yeah. say, don't you? Tell our audience about those. Sure. Well, uh, I'm really excited that, you know, with your metaverse and Twitch, we're going to be streaming it there really soon. Um, it's called She's All Over the Place. Um, it's uh, arts and entertainment focused on ethics, morals and values, um, focused on NFTs and mental wellness. And uh, we're on hiatus right now. Uh, season four was a women empowerment series, and it's all amazing women um, about blockchain community and all the different cryptocurrencies and, and like information about cybersecurity and just like such great storytellers, you know, and just holding space for people to be heard and just connecting and, you know, enriching and empowering one another through sound and language and frequency. So that was really cool. Season five is focused on Hollywood and NFTs. I have amazing uh, people on the show for season five. Actually, my brother just opened new studios. So when you're in LA, I'm going to take you there, but uh, Gold Tree Studios. So we have eight editing bays, uh, sound stages, 360 green screens, like movie theaters, like recording studios, but a whole podcasting facility on Sunset. So season five, I'm going to shoot IRL on Sunset Boulevard. It's going to be so legit. It's so cool. I'm, I'm excited to have you there. Yeah. When you come, we'll have like some DJ mashups and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'd, I'll be spending a lot more time in the Southwest here with our base of operations out of Phoenix, but definitely putting us right in contact with LA and Las Vegas and San Diego. Um, we're actually looking at planning the tour here, a DJ Sessions tour for 2013 to kind of do a West Coast tour and then end it in Hawaii. We just made a contact out in Honolulu and Maui that oh, puts on shows out there. So That's so cool. And then my friend Brad, he's the CEO of um, uh, NFT San Diego. So I'll put you in touch so y'all can like have DJs curating the whole event over, it's like two, three days. I was a speaker there uh, this year. So I was on, I spoke on psychology of NFTs, mental wellness, and then I was on a, another panel with amazing females, but I'll, I'll introduce you so we could like curate some dope DJs in the collective for the next one. Amazing, because we want to couple and work with local DJs down there as well. I think Yay. we're going to be doing this as a, as a probably like a silent concert tour, because um, we have, by that time we should have anywhere from, a thousand to two thousand headsets and you know we can come out with seven channels on our headsets and have seven different stages or seven different things going on at all times and we, we didn't have to have seven djs playing but we could have four djs playing we could have open mic we'd have spoken word we could have presentations we could have yoga and meditation going on all at the same time in a space with no amplified music really bothering any neighbors so we can set this up at a beach or a park or somewhere or an event facility but you know, we're super excited to be using that technology along with live streaming. And then we can live stream each one of those stages as well back to our site. And people could go on you know, from around the world and join us on that tour. Um, I don't know if anyone's doing that at the independent level. Um, I still consider ourselves independent, even yeah. though thank you for the accolades of saying how big we were at the beginning of the show. Um, oh, yeah. We're still an independent entity. Or, or I would consider us in the small business realm. Uh, in America and small business can be anywhere from like up to like $5 million. I think if you're taking that, that much revenue, we're nowhere near that, but we soon will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of these things, then, innovative things when it comes to events. And I think that would yeah. be a great conversation. Well, I met um, Noam during NFT NYC um, through my friend Keith Brother 
and uh, who did like amazing events um, with past NFT. And so I met Noam from Future Shape 360. They live in Denver and they curated this event. And he like called me after he's like, yo, like, I just love your energy. We want you to be here. I'm like, no, he's like, I know you have Expoverse going on in LA. I'm like, I'm like rolling up my sleeves. I'm like, all right, Noam, you got me. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I rolled up my sleeves. I'm like, yo, what do you need? I'm like, what do you need? And so they actually brought me on to help curate Future Shape 360 in Denver in, in July. And I curated, it was um, arts and music. It was arts and music, and I curated. Um, and then Don Diablo, um, Dead Mouse gave a private performance one night, and then Don Diablo gave a, a private performance the next night at the Fillmore, and like Manny Links, and everyone was like live painting. It was super cool. Gabe Weiss was there, Warhoddle, and um, and uh, I had a vision to bring mental wellness. So our girl Nama, she's from um, Israel. We had her come in and curated two out of the four days for her to do lead meditations at the Four Seasons. It was an inclusive um, Web3 weekend with arts and music. So um, I, I thought of her immediately when you said meditation. So we can bring her on to curate some meditations. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think that was one of the things we, we over the, um, in 2020, when we started doing our events, <clears throat> we noticed people weren't getting on the house. And while we were still able to do our silent discos, by following all the state rules and regulations and everything, one of the things we wanted to add was kind of a wellness program to mm. our to our lineup. So we might have two DJs playing, but we might have an exercise coach doing low level aerobic workout, and then on the other fourth channel, we'd have a, a guided meditation going on as well. And this would be for a four hour show out at parks and having people show up and, and be part of that. You know, just to get out of the house because people weren't getting out of the house and. You know, I think that's a, a key element. I mean, if I have a couple extra channels, it's just like having my own broadcast FM station. Like, what do I want to put on it? I can put anything I want on these channels and pop up and do this anywhere I want, you know, which is just awesome. Uh, 1,000%. And, and and even having a channel, like we mentioned earlier, uh, that I mentioned about healing frequencies, like binarial beats, mm -hmm. so phageo healing Absolutely. frequencies. Like, a lot of people are putting healing frequencies into music now so that could be a, a channel of its own too you know whether people know it or not totally. awesome you know with all these people that you've met and i mean it seems like your rolodex just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year out of your entire career who has been your biggest influence and why what a great question <laughs> <clears throat> who's been my biggest influence you know I was introduced to Jeff Skoll um, a decade ago. No, eight years ago, actually. He um, created eBay. Um, he has participant media. They have like the Acad 45 Academy Award nominations. They won Lincoln. Um, great films. Great person from Canada. He's made such an impact on my life. He's just been a ripple effect in my life. He really set a certain presidents and bar for like who I am and um and just just a lot of like belief and just you know just just listening and and watching you know people and being able to have you know intimate conversations um it that really made an impact on my life so um Jeff Skoll's amazing he's an amazing person and you've made a lot of friends in the EDM, EDM world or made a lot of contacts in the electronic music world. Yeah. Would you say, and in the NFT world, I should say as well, would you say most are just, 
are they friends or are they business contacts that have turned into friendships? What, what if you could say a percentage of like if there was a hundred people and you knew in the NFT world, what percentage of that have are business contacts versus friends, it, or do they eventually become friends? No, it's it, for me from like an artist perspective, it's friends first. It's friends, and then let's we could collaborate. And some it's like friends, and I just plant seeds, and I have a foresight to grow together. These are the people I want to be with. These are the people I want to be with long term, right? A vibe. Um, then I have my BVAs who like straight will do like a cold call. Those are more business contacts who want me to be an advisor or they want to sponsor my podcast or they want to um, fund something I'm doing as a creator and they want to fund my friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I have a biz dev who and a manager who brings those opportunities to me. But I I laid so seeds from like a ground level of friendship first um, and <laughs> uh, I had to bring on biz dev and, and managers and stuff for them to like, I have a team in web two of 18 people who get me acting auditions, voiceover auditions, things of that nature. Um, now in web three, I've had to bring on a team so they can bring business opportunities. Cause yes, I know people that can do it. It's just so uncomfortable. Like, you know, like, I want to be the creative and the visionary. I don't, I don't want to talk numbers. I don't, I don't care to talk numbers, but I have a brother who's the math person and he's the number person. So I can just send them to my brother, which is cool. Um, because now he's not only uh, a independent filmmaker, he's an artist creating content, but they also have, um, they have a full, um, film financing company, um, and then post-production studio facilities because of Hollywood and the broken system and just the the in between he created it for the artist for the creators but you know he is an artist at heart um and then he has his business partner so that's gold tree studios but now i can take web3 people friendships more so business people in blockchain web3 to him to web2 to do web2 or web3 which is which is great i don't i just can introduce them you know, I do have a documentary I'm supposed to pitch. I have the, the synopsis for it, but uh, <laughs> you know, anyways. Um, but hey, you sow a seed, you you know, create a sizzle reel for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's basically the documentary of the DJ sessions, the history of the DJ sessions and, cool. and all that fun stuff. I was talking with a friend of mine who I was going to bring up. You mentioned the numbers, and that hit a chord with me that one of my longtime friends who I got in the business of all this with was he would always say, Darren, I do everything here, but when it comes to the numbers and contracts, that's where I bring you in. Because <laughs> I love the numbers and I love the the, the contract and then like putting all that together and making sure all the dots are teed and the eyes are crossed. And I know I said that wrong, but you know how it goes. You want to make it's sure okay. everything's on the board. I said it wrong on purpose. But um, you know, and 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 the numbers can can kind of overwhelm people. And, and and I was just talking about that with my girlfriend last night that, you know, I'll come and I'll talk in the six seven, eight figures. And some people just look at me like, I've never even contemplated that kind of money in my life or something like that, or putting all that together and how much it costs to actually do all this when you put it down on paper. And they're like, like you mentioned earlier, it takes a village, you know, and all these people have to get paid and you can quickly see, I was explaining to her how a basic podcast series 
could really easily run in the mid six figures if you were doing it right to pay yourself, to pay your talent, pay your crew, pay everyone on board, do marketing, and you'd still only be maybe taking in, you know, low five figures as a profit off that, which then you would use to probably reinvest into better equipment or, you know, um, a better travel budget, all that stuff that comes into play. And I go, that's just a local podcast. Imagine trying to produce a broadcast television show where you're looking for 16 million a quarter to launch to eight to 12 network stations on the West coast. And, mm -hmm. you know, that just people like, Whoa, what are you talking about? You're trying to raise $60 million for $80 yeah. million for a broadcast television show. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. And yeah. that can uh, intimidate people sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I just did, uh, three days ago, I did my budget for, um, the, the pilot, the, 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 the comedy, um, pilot that I'm doing. I did the budget just so I can give it to my biz dev. They can see here's the budget. And then, you know, factor in the randomness of it, but, you know, to give for, um, you know, the people who are funding it. Um, it's not that I can't do it. It's not like I don't listen. Like I grew up with a bunch of attorneys, like the finest in the world. So I'm very educated and, you know, growing up, you know, um, around Greek mythology, like, I mean, one of my favorite all time books is the Republic by Plato, just and unjust. Right. And that's the universal law of truth. And it, it's just data and facts and numbers. And so it's not like I don't understand it in the space of the world and in the space of Hollywood being in entertainment when you're an artist and in blockchain, I've been in some spaces and it's like people are so uneducated and there's, you know, it's like you need to know basic facts. You need to know basic law. Like, like, like yeah, formalize do contracts, but like, by putting something in a text or an email, it's like that proves in a court of law that this was stated and you can use it for your case. Like people don't even know simple things like that, you know? So, um, you know, I utilize my voice where um, I have a friend who is um, an attorney and he pivoted into blockchain in 2017 and he's on my team. And I mean, I have a, I have a team of attorneys who look at all my deals, who look at everything that are just my, you know, homies and friends growing up since I was a kid. Um, but I actually have, uh, you know, in Web3 and in entertainment, as an artist, like, you need an attorney on your team, like, looking at everything. You need that baseline. That's the baseline. Mm -hmm. And so I produced an event, the very first NFTOC Fashion Week. I pioneered it with nine founders in fashion on so many different areas. And I had... Uh, my attorney come and he was there and he gave just simple facts and people were yearning and wanting to know this information. It's so important to have a lawyer and, and be educated. And if you don't know everything, which we don't, we're learning and growing together. And I, just because I'm not talking about it in the room, I'm like, here, just send it to my brother. It doesn't mean I don't listen to understand that I don't know it, right? It's important for me to know it, period. Um, and it's important for me to have that element on my team. And I, you know, support and encourage other people to befriend people like that too if you don't have it get one you know like befriend people and, and seek for it until you receive it like we need to have a team i think that was one of the things that we that i saw in 2020 when my phone was ringing off the hook when everyone jumped online and they didn't understand copyright law and and the dmca and why they were being struck down on, on, on Facebook or YouTube or even Twitch getting red flags. And I'm like, 
first of all, did you read the terms and conditions? <laughs> That's going to be your first standpoint. Second of all, do you understand how copyright law works? And you'd hear the argument saying, well, Twitch is making so much money or Facebook makes so much money or YouTube makes so much money. Why don't they pay for the licenses? Or, or I bought this song off iTunes and I go, that doesn't give you the rights to play it or perform it. And I kind of just like got a little burnt out on having those discussions with people. I started posting information like, here's yeah. the DMCA. Here's the rules. Don't do this. This is, will get you in trouble or can get you in trouble. I don't know if you remember the videos or the, the commercials from a long time ago when they tried to, when Napster was out and about and they tried to make the, 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 the uh, poster child of, of certain people and they went and busted like this 15 year old kid and they bust this, they busted like 10 or 17 people or something like that to make poster child of them to say, see, you can go to jail. You can be fine for doing all this. And I never knew what happened to those people, but it was like, some campaign that they wanted to do just to scare people, but that's but we have laws and we have rules of why things exist, uh, you know. So it's yeah. the little person as well as the bigger company, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. as archaic I, as they possibly are, though. <laughs> yeah, um, personally for Web Two, I uh, I um, go through Discord. So uh, not Discord, sorry. <laughs> oh God, DistroKids. So. They vet out all that for you, which is cool. They, mm -hmm. they, they handle some of those licensing agreements, which is, mm -hmm. takes the pressure off of the talent, which is really neat to know. Absolutely. Did you, what, what medium, I mean, cause you do a lot, you're an actor, you're a DJ, you're a producer. What medium did you first get started and gravitate to? And then what did that lead into? Was it music first? Or was it acting first or art first or what kind of led you on this pathway? Cause it, you, you, sure. In it's like when, yeah. Yeah. It's like when yeah. my, when my crew comes to me, people think I'm spread all over the place. I'm doing multiple things, but really it's like, in my mind, it's a collective and it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so just, I'll take you on the yeah. journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to take you through just brush strokes that leads to what you're talking. So it's like yeah. a course. So it's my culture, you know, language being Greek, uh, growing around up around the poets and language, I became a poet. I became a spoken word poet through my sound, tone, vibration, sound, lyricist, poetry. Growing up listening to oldies, the harmonies in music. Growing up with EDM, understanding transitions and vibes and culture and listening, right? To be a, a great actor, it's not just, it's the other side when you're on camera and then you go blank because you're thinking about your next line. So the other part is listening. So listening through sound, growing up as a kid, going, you know, around the DJ culture with the DJs. I didn't start making music till later. My life took me on a journey where I was acting, comedy, drama, TV, film, network. Then I got the opportunity to go on tour with 50 Cent and G-Unit all around Europe and South Africa. And they invited me to New Zealand and Australia, but I booked a movie with Mila Jovovich and Steve Zahn uh, with the director David Tui, so I went to Puerto Rico and I didn't go on that leg of the tour with Fifty and G Unit. But yeah, after I like established myself as a like a known, crafted, seasoned actor, you know, I then went on tour doing music, and then I was still acting, and then um, I was you know doing all the classes and comedy and drama and stand up and all those things you can think about, and then. Um, you know, I was circling around and just had this love for music and DJing. And then, um, you know, this, this, I created the Sophisticated Psychos with Nikki Scorpio. And 
he told me about uh, this DJ music program in 2016. And I'm like, I want to go for a year and to make a commitment because I love making commitments. I went for six months to feel the vibe. I did the first course to see what kind of DJ I wanted to be because I'm Greek. So like I could do like old bazooki music. I could do EDM music. Like I'm not a hip hop DJ, you know, like like I have an NFT playlist that I curated. So now when I go to NFT parties, I'm like, yo, like I have an NFT playlist. Like I can send it to my homies like that I curated, which is super cool. I was at an NFT merge event and the dude's like, yo, do you have like your, he had to go to the bathroom. Do you have your flash drive? And I didn't. So I, I, I couldn't DJ, but I knew someone who did. So I'm like, yo, do you like have a flash drive? They're like, yeah. And they ended up DJing. But the thing is, um, it, it, it's all a collective, but the through line is through listening and through sound and through melodies and Motown music. And then the culture of DJs and EDM growing up, you know, Berlin and, you know, uh, Detroit, you know, they're the twin towers of music, like, you know, techno. So that's where I originate and stem from. And then I went as a crafted seasoned actor and then travel the world and and then had, you know, then travel the world doing music, opening up for 50 and in June it. Um, you know, so every moment has its season, you know, so it, there's like a fine rotation mm -hmm. and then pivoting everything into the blockchain where I take the beats I make and I take like poetry that I write and spoken word that I write and I uh, put them into NFTs and I couple it with my paintings, my art. But now it's like, okay, now that I've done all that, like, let's look long-term. So voiceovers with NFTs, me doing animation series. Like, I mean, I'm auditioning like every single week for series and, you know, that's great, great, like, you know, passive income and to be sustainable for a family long term, you know, being on a scripted union uh, SAG after a series for animation, you know, working from home, working from everywhere around the world. And then me as an actor with my, like you said, my contacts and everything, like for me, just like I can produce something in 24 hours. I got everyone onboarded already for music, for fashion, for artists. The, the director, the location, everything, um, funding, blah, 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 for this vision that I have. And and then me acting, me acting in this and for Web3, minting it on blockchain, but then having it go in Web2 as well. So it's like, how do you, how do you balance and, and have the through line for longevity? And by being a pioneer and taking action, I can then share with others how I'm doing what I do by pioneering actually doing it not just telling people about it, about it, but showing them how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. With applied action. And that's why I have the podcast so people can learn and grow from it. <laughs> you remind me of myself, if, you, if I could take myself and tell somebody that exact, like how it all started, how I got into it and, and people, wow, we now you can see the pattern of how you built this all up. And I mean, the context, the experiences, everything that's led today, it's, it's setting you up. I think we mentioned you mentioned this and said this pre-show it's all been a culmination of preparing for now from what's moving forward you know and you just have a very awesome arsenal how we call it uh or, or you know uh, at your fingertips you're able to do and make stuff happen now and be a pioneer or a forefront or a person that's going to be standing out uh, at the head of everything when this goes down you know when it comes to djing you know, do you do you prefer do you prefer like 
large scale events or do you prefer more intimate scale events, more smaller clubs? What is what is your take on that? Not clubs. I'm not like a club girl. I've never have. I like, um, well, I like money. So corporate events are good. <laughs> but I see myself more like, you know, like a Bali vibe, um, like a yoga event, uh, you know, Web3 community event, more like daytime curate, not me DJing the whole time. Like the, the way that I make music, it's, it already sounds like, like I can just play a playlist of music I made. It already sounds, because it's experimental, it already sounds like it already transitions and mixed in, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it's not fun for me to like, I don't wanna say it's not fun for me to DJ live, but I like to just, um, like I rather like be part of a curation and like have DJs come, but like the music I make when it when I'm DJing, it's already, it's already made for like, like you've already mixed it. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the way my music sounds, like, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, yeah, you can do stuff, but, I found through being a DJ, um, it's more intimate for me to do it at home and then play it and then be there with the vibe of the people, not mm -hmm. actually like all eyes on me, like DJing. I, many, I yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I do kind of have social anxiety. I'm even though I'm so open in public, I am very private and quiet. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't think so, but so if I'm like that, like I don't need to be the center of attention on a deck doing it live um i more want to be like enjoying the vibe of it but like my music being played that's already mm -hmm. like pre-mixed how many songs do you produce in a given month and how many actually end up making it into one of your mixes do you use everything that you produce or do you sometimes put something on the table and say ah, i'm gonna scrap that and that doesn't fit and come back to the drawing board how many how many tracks do you actually make a month yeah, I mean, a month. How about per day? So I'll, I'll get neurotic. I'll do like five in a row. That's that's what I'll be like in a flow state, like on the train yeah. in New York. Well, pre-pandemic, I was on the train in New York. Or if I'm feeling like really like high after an audition or low after an audition or something happens, like I've had a day, I'll just like go to Ableton and I'll like, I'll make a beat. So, so I, I kind of sometimes will do like, three to five in a row and I'll just record it. Like I won't do a pre anything. I'll just hit, I'll go look at the tempo. I'll see the vibe of I'll, I'll buy a pack if I want to like buy a pack or I'll use what I have. Um, but during 2020, I took my catalog and I saw, Oh, I have like five different genres. I have funk, dubstep, future trap. Um, and when I released dreamland 1111, it was, I took the dubstep and future trap and it's instrumental. And then four out of the 11, I did spoken word on them. And I was growing through divine femininity and demystifying what that meant within genders, right? Identity and dismantling like your role because you're a male and dismantling my role because I'm this. And, and I went on this exploration of gods and goddesses and like claiming and reclaiming one's like sensuality and empower and you know um because i know and have always had my power and then i went through a journey of allowing to let go of that and to not have it to rediscover to find that again and i'm like now that i got it it's like once i i, I let it go i'm I'm not gonna ever I encourage to let it go, but I'm never losing losing again. But I found through my journey of with people that some of them never remember their light. Some of them never remember how powerful they are. And that's really hard. And so that's why I like really utilize my voice in ways and remember to remember 
like to share that with people. So the Dreamland 11 was like claiming and or reclaiming one's power because some people got burnt out really young, right? By society, by abuse, by trauma, by the news, by whatever their circumstances were. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a privilege to know, you know, and, and it's also a journey of our, our, our own, we all have unique paths. So there's, you know, I don't want to say one's better than the other, but I'm just can speak from my experiences. So if we can heal people through music and through sound, you know, it's a beautiful feeling, you know? So um, that was the, that was the vibe for the dubstep and future trap. And um, now I, I did one called singularity that I want to put out soon. Um, you know, um, and I'll, I'll just incorporate it with my acting um, and have the beats in there um, in the, in the series that I do. And um, yeah. And you know, I, I love doing it. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, again, you mentioned a few, a few times, and I may have already answered this in the, in the sense of it, uh, you know, with all this going on, what measures do you take to actively promote yourself, your, your releases and your career? Is, mm. is solid PR an important asset for you to have to make this happen? Yeah, honestly, I'm a human and I'm an artist and it's, I know marketing so important and, and, and I didn't. And there's a lot of, you know, factors that go into it. But, um, you know, I self-promoted and had my assistants promote um, when I had Dreamland 11.11 come out last November. Um, and I'll, you know, I've gotten involved with like Searchlight and then they'll promote certain things. Um, and I don't like doing that part. Like I know what to do and what needs to be done, but I personally don't like doing it. So I know it's an important uh, relationship to have with oneself. So it's a, it's a development thing that I've grown with and I've vocalized with other artists um, because who have um, issues with that as well. It's, it's an important thing. And it's nice when you have a collective of people, so you don't feel like all eyes on me, like you're doing it all by yourself, but it is important. People do it nonstop like especially in the music nft space like big time uh, i'm not very good at promoting my i'm great at promoting other people <laughs> i'm not the best at promoting myself and i don't have fun i don't have fun doing it actually like i don't want to i just i don't like the feeling and i don't have to and i don't like to and and that's fine and 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 that's that's totally fine and it is it is what it is you know so um it's a journey of finding out um how that can be done um, but yeah, I haven't been the biggest advocate of promoting my own music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Successfully no, anyway. Like you said, it takes a village and it wasn't until early 20, mid 2020, I brought on my first virtual assistant cause this is my baby. And it's like who I'm going to put this in somebody else's hands and they're going to be communicating on behalf of me or my brand. And, you know, there was some, there were some hiccups along the way and like, Oh, don't say that in an email or take this in an email. I guided them through and finally let the reins go. And now I've got a team of three people on board that help out that are dispersed all over the world, you know, Thailand, New York, London, you know, and, and going to ADE and, and up meeting you in, in LA. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that network that you're, you're really building on a, on a scale that, you know, if I wanted to take it as an international goal, I couldn't just be focusing on people that are, living in Seattle, you know, it, it just wasn't going to make that happen. You had to mm. reach out to other people with, with their contacts and their Rolodex and trust them and 
pay them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, pay them for sure. Like pay we're not 15. Them. Everyone needs to be yeah. paid. Like exactly. there's no doing work for free. Like I'm not, no one's doing work for free. Everyone's getting paid, period. I do mm -hmm. have a collective actually in London that you'd really vibe with. So we were supposed okay. to collaborate and do some stuff and they're huge in the festival scenes music blah 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 but yeah. um but you like you said you need a village and a team so i know we're going to create and do things together and it's just more fun that way it's like as a cross-country runner like what you do as an individual affects the whole like it's a team sport yeah. so like like you said with like my network and all those things and us collaborating and doing it things that way it's more fun but i'll connect you with the team in london too so we can all do it so I'm, I can keep creating and doing what I'm doing, but then they can deal with the, the promotion aspect mm -hmm. of it, you know? And how do you balance your career with everything you have going on with the other obligations in your personal life? Do you have a, a routine that, that you set? I know that I personally had to get in kind of a routine to make sure I didn't burn out. Like we were talking pre-show, we ramped up our outreach by 800%. I was just so overwhelmed with doing interviews, editing the interviews, trying to manage a team of, of resident DJs, trying to do events, uh, everything we got going on and, and kind of do it. Woo. I didn't know that was going to happen when I did that, but we knew the experiment. I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen that well, you know, to, to now looking going, okay, I need like four more people to help out here, but balancing my, my normal life, you know, I get, to, I take time off. I make sure I'm off the clock at a certain time. I'm kind of eating dinner around a certain time. I make time for, my girlfriend, my friends, to get some social aspects in. How do you balance your career with the other obligations you have in life? Or is it 24-7? It's always on. <laughs> nope. I mean, I I actually have a great structure and system that I can share with you. Um, one, one thing that I will mention first is I move. I, I, I keep moving. Energy is energy in motion. We have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day, according to Dr. Joe Dispenza. We have synapses that we're firing and wiring and unfiring, unwiring. So when you get complacent and you're doing the same thing on a, I know consistency is so important, but also with your personal that you're asking about, it can get very stagnated, right? So I, I shake it up and I move that area around so I do, so I can appreciate my sister, so I can appreciate my family, so I can appreciate my friendships because people get so into their relationships when they're relating and then they start projecting and start getting mad and expectations of others in their mind. And instead of projecting and putting those things onto people, I keep my, I keep my energy moving. So I don't put so many eggs in one basket on cause everyone's doing their best. And like, look what's happening in the world, like in Iran and Armenia and you know, everywhere. It's like, it's, it's, it's a lot and I'm very sensitive. So I need, I have to have solitude. I have solitude. Um, um, my HSP, highly sensitive persons coach, she says peopling. She was on season four of the podcast, Jen, yeah. amazing. But she's like, you go out and people, like you people. So I'll feed, I'll go peopling and I'll feed off of energy. I'm like, hey, and I give them my best energy and I'm receiving their best energy. And then I dismantle and then I like to be in solitude. So I've been at the ocean a lot while I've been in California. Like as much as I can be in the ocean, like I'm at the ocean, I'm there, one. The other thing is, all of my podcasts when I'm in season, I record them Wednesday through Friday in the afternoon. And any show that I'm on, when I'm on a show, and I've been on like 250 in the last year, I do it Wednesday through Thursday. I mean, Wednesday through Friday. Wednesday through Friday, I'm on podcasts and people are my podcast. Wednesday through Friday, I do the interviews. My assistants are off on Fridays. I only have my assistants work Monday through Thursday. 
they have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So then that gives me my psychological breathing room Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I have my events. I have in order what I'm going to be doing, if I'm going to be traveling, if I'm going to events, whatever I want to do that's play fun, more networking kind of vibe, unless I'm on set shooting somewhere. Obviously, I'm all about that money. <laughs> but, um, but otherwise, Mondays and Tuesdays, I don't have anything. Like, that's my building days. And so I don't, I don't do any interviews. So I really have from Friday till Tuesday, five days out of the week that are just fun weekend, focus on me building. And I do voiceovers every day. So in the mornings, um, Monday through Friday, it's for clients and doing voiceovers. So I have like a structure there, right? Um, of, of that works for me because I know me and I know I'm a Ferrari once I get going, (laughs) but my mornings, I like to pray and meditate and do my gratitudes and whatever, shuffle around, whatever I want to do in my morning, enjoy my mornings and have them be for me and utilizing my instrument, my voice and my thoughts for self before I can give to the world. Because for me, I want to put my best foot forward and give my best self. And for me to give my best self, I have to give the best to myself first, make sure I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. I can completely relate to that after burning out over the past 20 years, probably four or five times and not wanting to touch a camera, not wanting to do an interview, it affected personal life, affected job life, you know, um, and all that stuff. And now, you know, being on that set, I, it, it rang so true, like 100% true to my schedule, Monday, thir- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, these set times for interviews and these set times for me to be interviewed. Friday is my day, and then Saturday can do an event. Sunday's kind of a chill. But that weekend, I'm kind of on that weekend grind where it's work during the week, and then it stops at 6 o'clock, you know, and it's, mm. like I said, dinner time. Or it's it's now I'm not trying to burn that midnight. Oil. And if it, if I don't finish it, I'll just I'll put it on to list, and the next morning I wake up, things can pile up, but I try not to let things pile up anymore. But staying on that, I think, has definitely increased, um, you know, my my focus a lot more because it's not so random like, oh, I'm doing this one at nine o'clock. I'm doing this interview at five o'clock. I'm doing this interview tomorrow at three o'clock. I'm doing this one at one o'clock. And then you're just like all over the place and it's breaking that pattern mm-hmm. that doesn't give you a pattern to know, okay, I know for the first two hours in the morning, I can do this before this interview. And I know yeah. that I have this much time afterwards to edit shows and, and get them up online and then push them over to my VA. And then my VA can upload them and do all that work and communicate and answer emails because it's, it's this is an awesome time. I mean, I want to get to the point where I don't think I'd ever want to get it to a point where I'd be so where I'd be so busy that I put it off on everyone else, and then I wouldn't want to do anything. And I'm just like running the company and coming in and sitting at my desk and going, "Oh, what are we going to do today? Let's play some Tetris while we're at work or something." <laughs> like, no, let's go do something really big. Let's go do some new crazy thing, you know, and 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 add more to the, to the foundation, everything. And I think you can only do that if you have a, a pattern in place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's, it's too scattered and it's all over the place and people can't follow that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, important think- to listen and to hear what others are doing, but then tune in with self and do what works for us. Like I remember one time years ago, I was always so hard on myself because if I'm getting up at five in the morning to go to Warner brothers or Paramount to go to set to like work, I'm like, I don't need an alarm. I am up. Like I, I set, I set it the night before and I'm up and I, no problem. Like if I'm, if I'm going to set and I'm being paid, I can get up. Otherwise it's like, I've never been like a morning person. 
And, and, and someone said to me along the way, like, you know, just allow that and give yourself that permission, you know? So when I did that, because they all, there was always this, that, that saying like, oh, early bird gets the worm, you know? So yeah, but you, we get to check in and align to homeostasis and our own flow. Like, of course, circadian rhythm, waking up with the sun, going to sleep with the moon. I mean, that's, you know, how we are supposed to, you know, rise and, and, and go mm -hmm. to sleep. Um, so I'm doing my best over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple last questions here. If, if someone were to write a biography about you, what do you think the title should be? The late, lately, the thing that keeps popping up is Renaissance. So something with Renaissance. Like ever since I was a kid, everyone's like, oh, you're an old soul, you're an old soul. And then um, everyone was always saying like, oh, you're a Renaissance woman, you're a Renaissance woman. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then, and now we're like living in this Renaissance era and like um, it keeps popping up in some of the podcast titles when I'm like on shows internationally with people. So um, that's, that's just something that like a, a word that, popped up it wasn't really a title it was just like a word um i'd have to think about that like a, a title for me um the the uh, um something with storyteller like uh, i love storytelling you know love making an impact with people well, if I do make it to Vegas cuz it, it just thank you for the invite i will definitely come down i'm going to ask you you got a week you got a week and I'll be in Vegas. I'll say, Hey, what's the title of the biography you came up with? If not, we're still going to follow up with you though over and over again. Cause there's always something new happening over. I don't know if everyone, anyone's ever called it Katie land. <laughs> ah, no, but there's always something going on with you and the emails you send out the information you're sending out. It's amazing. You know, is there anything else you want to let our DJ sessions fans know about before we let you go? Um, yeah, just uh, it's important just to keep showing up for yourself, right? Just keep creating. When you're up, you're down. Just uh, put it in Ableton, put it on a pad, uh, write it down. Just keep creating and don't judge the process of the expectation, the outcome. Just kind of like get a diary and start documenting things. And then just even if it sits for 10 years, like, you know, what happened with me was um, I would just um, create all this content and just keep it sacred. And those are like my gems and like people have storage chests of things and just like collect it. Then I went through a process um, with with someone else and I actually like threw a lot of things away. And, and deep down, I kind of wish I didn't. Um, so don't, <laughs> keep it, um, keep it and just keep it. And then I also um, stopped along the way um, getting all the content, I, I stopped capturing it as much as I could. And so I guess we all need breaks, but now I'm, I'm actively collecting the content again, not for now, for what could be. And that hope and those possibilities and those curations, we don't know what they are. So even if it's for your grandchildren, but I knew it since I was a kid and then someone came along the way and I got a script and I kind of dismantled and threw some things away and you can't live in regret. It is what it is, but those moments are mine and don't let anyone tell you like what your moments are for you and what's special for you. So mm -hmm. listen to self and be aware of the scripts in our, in our minds. Awesome. Great advice. Where can people find out more information 
and where to follow you and everything you have going on. Where's the best place to go? Well, if you're on a podcast platform, go to She's All Over the Place podcasts and uh, would love to see you there. Follow, subscribe. Otherwise, I'm on all social media platforms. So um, my last name is C-H-O-N-A-C-A-S. You can find me there on Chinakas.com. There you go. And it has all the links to all my social medias. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Looking forward to possibly connecting with you in Vegas, but we will definitely be staying in touch with you again and again and again and again. This is going to be the, the, the we met as kind of business. This is going to be a building of wonderful friendship, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for coming on the show again. Thank you, Darren. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And everyone who's tuning in, thank you for being here. <laughs> and those viewers, thank you, viewers, as well. Don't forget to share this and tell a friend about the DJ Sessions. And go to our website, thedjsessions.com. You can find us on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Meta, TikTok. We're out there, thedjsessions.com. Over 600 news stories published to our site, live interviews, contests, exclusive mixes, and more. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, and soon to be Apple TV. We got our VR Metaverse nightclubs in Altspace and our mobile app. You can find out all of that and more at thedjsessions.com. That's Katie Chuck and Oh my gosh, I totally had it ready. Katie coming in from LA. Chinakis. 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 I know I have yeah. it right in front of me and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Just say it's Greek to me. Just say it's Greek to me. It's Greek to me. It really is. It's Greek. Coming in from LA for the DJ sessions presents the virtual sessions. And remember, on the DJ sessions, the music never stops.